Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. I have to tell you, that tune always gets me going like a good cup of coffee in the morning. Just love it. You know, it's it's hard to believe, again, that it's almost a thousand shows ago and back in March 2009 when when, when we first started broadcasting. Um, This, of course, is the uh, PI Window on the World. I'm your host, John Hanson. Now, what you're going to be listening to, and this is being pre-recorded, so we're not live right now, simply because there is an embargo on this, but uh, we're going to be welcoming you to the show. Uh, Tom Greco, who's vice president of thomasnet.com, and Travis Sherbine, who's vice president of marketing and product management of thomasnet.com, to talk about a, a presentation, I guess, they're giving at the ISM 2016 conference. And it's titled, Why Buyers Find It Tough to Connect with SMB Suppliers and What They Can Do About It. Now, they're not actually giving the presentation, so I should correct that. They're joining us today, but Ed Edwards who is also from ThomasNet, will be the one standing up in front of the audience and, 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 and sharing these insights. So we're going to ask him a little bit about this because, as we all know, in a bit of a preamble, uh, SMEs engagement is critical. Uh, oftentimes, uh, and, and I'm looking at my, my uh, review of the Indian market and the e-commerce market there in Canada and, and the small-medium enterprises, uh, these are the businesses that drive the economic engine uh, for a country. Uh, so there's a broader impact that goes outside of the framework of, of effective supply chain capability and utilization. Uh, so I'm going to I'm, I'm looking forward to this discussion. And I believe that I'm joined on the line. Who who am I talking with, please? Hey, John. This is uh, Travis Sherbine. How you doing? I'm fine, Travis. How are you doing? Doing good. Doing good. I got Tom Greco here with me as well. Hey, John. How are you? Hi, Pleasure Tom. to be here again. Hi. Yeah, you know what? It's like it's great to have you always come back to the show because we always have inter- interesting discussions. And you know, originally we we're going to make this interview uh, one where I'd be doing the old-fashioned uh, scoop reporter pen and paper. And I thought, no, no, they they they've got to hear you talk about this to be effective. Uh, and and again, we're we're under this embargo, so there's sort of like a, a kind of secret thing to this until it gets released. But I'm looking forward to that. But you know, l- let me get right to it. The title of the presentation that Ed is going to be delivering is "Why Buyers Find It Tough to Connect with SMB Suppliers and What They Can Do About It." So I've got to ask the obvious question: Why this? Why now? Given the fact that we all know SMB suppliers are important or SMEs, but but what was the compelling reason behind giving this at the ISM 2016 conference? And and I, I guess I don't know. I'll, I'll direct it to either of you, gentlemen. So uh, I'll take a I'll take a stab at, at that at first, and Tom jump in. Um, so this really started back at uh, an, an engagement that we had done with a, with a buying organization. Uh, it was probably a year ago. 
where they were doing a bunch of sourcing events on our platform, and they came back to us and highlighted that they had a very, very low response rate on the on the uh, different sourcing engagements. So actually, I'll give you some of the numbers here. They had sent out different RFX events to 219 suppliers, and uh, only 26 of them responded. And uh, so they came back uh, to us more or less saying, we've got a problem here. These companies aren't responding, uh, which led us to do some research, which led us to actually engage directly with these suppliers. And what we uncovered was, I think, some some perceptions as well as some realities that SMBs have when uh, they get invited to do these types of engagements with large buying organizations. And our, our goal here at ISM is to try to shed some light on that, hopefully help give some suggestions to increase the response rate. Okay, I have, I have to ask this because this is an interesting thing, and I don't want to go too far off course here, but – the fact remains, and maybe I've mentioned this before, you've created a platform of engagement, and ThomasNet has been around for a long time. And we've done interviews with you in the past. I mean, you are the, the definitive access point to the supplier marketplace in many ways. And I remember my early days folding back the pages of the Thomas Register looking for suppliers and thankful that I had that catalog. But when you talk about the platform, one of the interesting things is, is based on my experience, most uh, organizations, especially in the public sector, who use bid platforms uh, and send it out automatically, and people are programmed to get that, are running into the same kind of problem. The difference is, is with, with service providers who are, let's say, coming at this from the standpoint of selling a solution, very few are, 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 are loath well, low to admit that they don't get the response. The fact that you're coming forward and saying, hey, wait a second, there was a, a limited response. We dug into it and found out the answers why. In and of itself, I mean, that kind of changes the dynamics of it, doesn't it, in terms of, of first of all, acknowledging the problem, but being able to find out how to solve it. I mean, I mean, is it, that makes put you in a unique position, doesn't it? Yes, and uh, I'll even take that a step further. Uh, we now have a, a version of our platform, the Corporate Edition, where as part of the service uh, with that Corporate Edition, which is meant for enterprise-level organizations, we will follow up with suppliers to which RFPs uh, are sent. Uh, so we will or RFIs. We will pick up the phone, our customer service team, call the suppliers, and uh, find out if they're going to respond to the buyer's uh, RFX event and, and convey that information back uh, to, uh, to the buying organization. So not only are we admitting it, we're doing something about it. And you see, what that yeah, does is it gives you the... I'm sorry, but it gives you the intelligence you need, and, and we'll get into that momentarily, but it gives you the intelligence you need to correct it and rebuild those bridges. Uh, like, for example, uh, when, you, when you look at this, and, and, and I'll, go to, uh, I'll go to you, Travis, I mean, when you did the study, what, was, what were some of the responses you got from suppliers saying, this is why, why we, didn't, uh, we, we didn't respond to the bid requests? Well, I think, you know, this is the meat of our presentation, so I don't want to jump too far ahead of uh, – uh, I don't want to spill all the good details because we want people to come. But, uh, you know, I, I'll, I'll say this. One of the, the biggest, I think, things that we heard from suppliers is that there are some perceptions. When they get uh, a, a long survey via email, they get something sent to them, there's no personal touch. There's no details about the specifics 
of the job that that they're being asked to to, to potentially work on, um, and uh, they're, 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 there's this perception that they're just part of a bureaucratic process, that there's long odds on this, um, that they're not really going to get the job, and you know, we know we know SMBs. Uh, the, the, the business owner is oftentimes the person who's doing the the RFQ, they don't have time to fill out a five or ten page questionnaire on something that they don't think they have a high chance of getting or that they're not even sure whether it's appropriate to their capabilities. So that was the biggest thing I, that, that I think we uncovered in talking to these suppliers was just to let them know that uh, there is human beings involved, there is an actual opportunity here, um, and uh, there, you know, there's an opportunity for you to gain a really good high-value customer um, if you go through this process. To Travis's See, point, so you're uh, Sorry, go ahead, Tom. Yeah, I was just going to say to Travis's point, just the, the fact that you get on the phone and there's a, a voice behind that, uh, that RFP that has a 12-page questionnaire attached will, will make the chances of suppliers responding greater. Well, you're putting the personal back in personal service. You're personalizing the process because far too often people believe that, you know, they, they, they'd make the technology and automate to the point where everyone would plug their, uh, their, their, their profile in and their criteria, and the system would automatically just spew out all of these opportunities if they fit within this criteria. And the cost to respond to a bid is, is, is time-consuming, especially for small-medium enterprises. And, and if they don't believe that there is a chance to win it, then all of a sudden that changes the dynamics where you don't even bother anymore. So what you're doing is you're creating the ability to be able to go out there and say, look, we're going we're gonna to be in touch with you. This isn't just an automated system and an electronic scorecard, and it's going to pick a winner and that'll be it. We're actually going to work with you as a supplier to make you and bring you on to being part of this process. I mean, that's what I'm taking away from that. Have I missed the mark in any way? Not at all. Not at all. I mean, you know, when we talk to large buying organizations, they talk about their supply chain as partners, Right. Um, and uh, the way to start a partnership is to work together, human beings, right, uh, on the phone talking through how to solve problems and how to create value, right? So if you want to have your supply chain be your partner, um, start the process off uh, with that human touch and talk about, you know, what are we trying to solve? What are the issues here? Is it a pricing consideration? Is my current supplier not doing the, the quality levels that we need. Whatever those cases are, uh, the more you get into those types of discussions, the more likely you're going to be to walk out the other end of the process with a solid supply chain partner. So it's safe to say that you've moved technology to its rightful place as a critical and important supporting element of the relationship, but not the defining part of it, which is what's happened a lot when you deal with software or, or solution providers, because they're selling a solution. What you're doing is, is it, well, they're selling technology. What you're selling is a relationship and a solution that you constantly work towards. You, you haven't automated all aspects of that, uh, which isn't implying that it isn't a good approach, but what you've done is you've said, look, we're going to leverage technology to its full advantage, but not at the expense of the personal connection that's needed to make it successful. I mean, that's really what you're saying. Yes? Exactly. When you combine both the technology with, uh, you know, with the service element of, of, of a human, you're going to get the, uh, the highest return 
on that activity. I'm going to say, John, I couldn't have said it better. <laughs> okay. Well, now let me let me ask you this. Now, this is an obvious question, but I think at this point it's probably good to revisit it. And I alluded to this at the top of the the, the segment. Why are SMBs or SME engagements so critical to to a supply chain? What are what are the key points as to why you want to? Uh, and I want to use the word repatriate them back into the process, but maybe that's the right way of saying it, but bring them back into the fold, bring them back into being active participants. Why is that so critical from a company standpoint, a buyer standpoint, and, and from, from the supplier standpoint? So, uh, John, and this is, this is Travis again, if you, uh, you look at any studies done in pretty much any year about what are the top objectives of procurement. You hear the same themes. We want to reduce cost. We want uh, more, improve our agility, uh, leverage more supplier innovation, reduce risk. Uh, we want to source more locally. All of these things r lead right to SMBs. Um, uh, you know, SMBs, uh, the, the smaller the business, uh, uh, the lower the overhead, uh, the more innovative. Uh, and uh, in, in many cases, uh, the more agile they are as well, too. And as far as local sourcing is concerned, uh, the reality is that for, for depending on where you're at in the country and what it is specifically you're looking for, uh, your local choices are going to end up being primarily SMBs. It's just the makeup of North American manufacturing. Got it. Okay. Uh, Tom, anything to add to that? No, I think Travis said it well. Okay. All right. So now, now if we look at this, okay, so that's the reason why it's important to engage them. I've got to ask this obvious question then because there, there, there is a, a logic uh, and a symmetry to what you're saying. Uh, is there ever going to – and I've asked this once before, Tom. You might remember this. But ultimately, are you not going to become competitors to the Coopers of the world and the service solution providers or the software providers out there because – you have a dynamic platform. You've got a ready-made supply base. You are, 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 are growing organically that supply base. Because let's face it, you've been around over 100 years. And within the company itself, I mean, most of the employees have been generational to generational. So, I mean, you've got a strong presence in the marketplace. I mean, is this potentially the first step out to, to, to offering this solution? Uh, and you, can you see yourself competing with a coop? And I use them as an example. It could be any cloud-based solution. It could be any platform yeah. out there. But, I mean, ultimately, you, you could become a competitor in this regard, couldn't you? I mean, we, we could, but, you know, our strategy uh, really is to connect buyers and sellers wherever, uh, in whatever marketplace they exist. Uh, so our preference would be to partner with Coupa uh, and make sure that our uh, extensive supplier uh, database and marketplace is available through their platform. So we'd rather partner than compete. And I would go for the same for the ERP players, like the SAPs of the world and the Oracles, correct? Exactly. Now, now is there, and, and, and again, by the way, listeners, this will not be broadcast until May the 18th. I had the original date being May the 12th, but it's actually been May the 18th that the embargo lifts here uh, at 10.30 in the morning. I think that's when your presentation is, right, at 10.30? I believe so. Yep. Yes. That's when it ends. Okay, Correct. so see, so we'll be broadcasting just as, 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 uh, as uh, Ed Edwards is presenting what we're talking about today. So just to let you know, mark that on your calendar. Well, I guess you'll, you don't have to mark it on your calendar because when I release it, it'll be there. But 
<laughs> if you look at this, if you look at this logically, what has been the reception? Have you approached those kinds of relationships or been approached in terms of engaging with, with, with the, the Koopas and, or the SAPs or whoever else? Yeah, I mean, yes, we, we, we are approached regularly, and uh, we're in, I would actually say, regular discussions with uh, um, uh, many of those players. So hopefully uh, we'll have things to announce in the future. Okay. Okay, and I don't want you to give away secrets. Well, I, I would like that because I obviously want to be the first to release a secret with your permission. But in, in, in terms of that, it's a very critical decision you'll make in that regard. And, I mean, the presentation that you're going to be giving will certainly go into what we're talking about but elaborate more so on it. But who you partner with or who you choose to partner with from the very beginning, I guess that's going to be very critical, that decision, isn't it? Because that's going to be really your first real foray into into those kinds of new relationships. Uh, I mean, would that be a fair statement? Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, you you only want to make uh, you only want to get into a partnership that is a benefit to uh, to all all stakeholders. So, our audience, our supplier base, us, the partner, uh, as well as whatever objectives they have. Okay. Now, let me ask you this. In terms of driving those kinds of relationships, obviously the impact on, on, on end users, and I haven't asked this yet, in terms of the difference between public and private sector, but I imagine the public sector would be particularly interested in you because there's such an increased focus on, 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 on what's known as, well, here in Canada, IRBs, industrial regional benefits, but the same premise is economic benefit of engaging local small medium enterprises to drive local economies. So I would imagine that your, your platform would be of great interest to the public sector. Uh, is there any inroads being made in that regard as well, or is this – particularly uh, focused right now on the, on, on the private sector? Uh, we, we, are, we actually are focused on both, actually. So both the private and public sector, and you are correct, uh, here in the States, uh, there are many government uh, uh, dollars uh, that are uh, both federal and, and local that are uh, geared towards, uh, you know, building manu a manufacturing base in the U.S. Uh, so there are opportunities for, uh, for thomasnet.com to uh, to play in that arena for sure. Now, obviously, obviously, your points of entry will be either directly through the the, the technology providers or solution providers, as well as the end customers. Sometimes you might be introduced by the end customers themselves. So, in terms of of, of that customer's response who originated, what, what I guess the 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 we better call out and find out what's going on that became this presentation. Uh, what have they had to say about this? Have you, were you able to, once you found out that information, were you able to improve the response rate? Were they able to look and say, gee, it's great to be hooked up with Thomas Net on this simply because, you know, there wasn't a response, but they could actually intervene. I don't know if that's the right word to stimulate greater response. I mean, what did the end client say and what did you take away from this so that going forward, uh, you could uh, improve uh, improve response up front. So that's a two-part well, question. So, uh, I mean, John, that's, that is the basis of what we're presenting at ISM, which is our findings and the results. And uh, already with that particular uh, um, end-user customer, uh, we, we took the results from a 12% response rate to an over 50% response rate. 
just by implementing the things that we're sharing at ISM, and we're just getting started too. So um, I think that, that you know, uh, having the reach, as you mentioned, having the reach we have into the North American manufacturing um, and being able to connect to them and help them see the value, help bridge the gap between these two audiences uh, is proving to be very fruitful, and hopefully we're going to continue to increase those response rates. Yeah, and and, and their response to that is is uh, exemplified by the fact that I think they've run over a dozen uh, RFP events using our platform uh, in the in the last year. So they're happy with the service. So that's okay. So you see, so this is an interesting point then, and and you will be di divulging more in terms of the the specifics. But to go from twelve to over fifty percent. Uh, through through what you've accomplished, I've got to ask the, these two questions. It, obviously, I, and maybe you know I, this isn't safe to assume, but I, I, I might be inclined to do so. That if you had that kind of a response rate, and you were able to correct it, and you're still growing in that direction, in terms of of, of the more traditional applications, the applications such as the as the one that I'm, I'm going to mention, Coupa again, or other ones, it could be anyone, but I'll use that as an example. I mean, do you think that they have similar response rates? And is that also going to be a key factor as to why they're going to want to sit in on your ISM conference is because they are potentially encountering similar problems but may not have been able to correct it to the degree you have? I mean, is that what you're hoping to gain through this presentation? I, I mean, I I'm, I'm don't know for sure, but I, I suspect uh, if they're dealing with the same uh, SMBEs that we are uh, uh, dealing with that their response rates are the same. Uh, and a lot of this has to do not necessarily with the uh, the platform that's being used, but with how the buying organization approaches uh, the uh, RFX event. Uh, and some of the recommendations that we'll get into uh, at our ISM presentation have to do with, again, humanizing that process. It's not just getting on the phone. It's, it's transparency into how this RFP event is going to be conducted. What are the criteria uh, that are going to be used to judge the RFP event? Who is going to be involved in the selection process? It is, is it engineering? Uh, is, it, is it procurement? Uh, is there communication along the way uh, regarding whether I'm disqualified or not? Uh, you know, in this one experience with this one user client of ours, uh, they, they've, they've uh, brought in the same suppliers into different RFP events. Well, if they didn't communicate back to a supplier who was disqualified in event one, what's the probability that they're going to respond to a subsequent uh, RFP in event four? Uh, so it's, it's not just about the solution provider. It's really about uh, the buying organization and how they uh, engage uh, the supplier. See, two, two things come to mind immediately. It sounds like this is the beginning of the technological pendulum swinging back into balance, whereas in the past there was an over-reliance on the automation and we lost connection with building those relationships that you indicate that's important. Uh, number one, would that be a fair statement? Oh, uh, without question. And uh, unfortunately, you don't have the benefit of this here, but uh, at the ISM uh, event, we're going to have uh, a SMB operator uh, presenting with us, and uh, she will convey uh, some of those uh, some of those stories firsthand on how finding that equilibrium between that human touch and uh, and the technology uh, will lead to better results for all involved. 
Now, the second thing that comes to mind is, and this is perhaps the avenue that's coming in, with, with traditional platforms, let's call them traditional platforms, uh, the technology is created, a buyer implements it, and then they go to the, the, the suppliers and say, okay, if you want to do business with us, you have to sign up to this platform. With ThomasNet, you're coming at it from the supplier side first. And, and what I mean is you're not putting the supplier interest first, but you're coming with it because you have credibility with the suppliers too, which I think is an important factor for adoption and trust that opens up the door for them to say, look, we want to, uh, we trust you. When you reach out to us and call us, we, we've worked with you from the supplier side of things that we feel good about being able to tell you what's not working, what is working. I mean, is that a definitive advantage for ThomasNet in this regard? Uh, yeah, I would say absolutely. I mean, I'm, not, I'm stumbling on the word advantage. I'll say the businesses are different in that, you know, our business is we're not a technology company per se. We're in the business of connecting buyers and sellers, right? So, uh, we leverage technology and we leverage our human resources to, to uh, connect, do just that, to make sure that there is a, a quality connection that turns into long-term partnerships between buyers and sellers. Um, and I think uh, that so it's not a, a, a true comparison, but that advantage, if you want to call it an advantage that we have, is that uh, that is our bread and butter. How we make our living is by making sure that these people get together um, as opposed to, say, uh, building technology to manage a process. Now, let me ask you this question. We only have a couple of minutes left. Time is flying by. When you look at the conference, what do you want the people attending to come away with ultimately from this whole uh, whole presentation? Like, and, and I mentioned this earlier, and, and we touched on it briefly, but at the end of the day, uh, what would make this a successful presentation for, for uh, ThomasNet? I, I'll give my opinion, Tom, and then you give yours. I, I think that if we walk away with people uh, having a better, that the folks attending the session having a better understanding of where SMBs are coming from, and as a result of that, they modify the way in which they get, engage SMBs to make more uh, fruitful relationships, I think it's a win. That is that is the core focus of the presentation, and in and, and, and doing that, if they walk away, uh, Understanding that thomasnet.com can help them in that regard even better. <laughs> okay. Now, with this presentation, uh, after you, of course, give it, after our embargo is lifted, and again, we're going to be broadcasting this interview on the 18th of May at 10.30 uh, Eastern Time, um, uh, will you be making available the actual uh, PowerPoint presentations itself? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I, I believe it's all part of the the ISM, all the presentations, yes. Okay. And in terms of future conferences, is this the first of, of what will, will ultimately end up being a road trip? Uh, are you looking at, 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 at taking this out and evangelizing? I don't know. Is that a good word, evangelizing? I think it is. Um, evangelizing the ThomasNet way of doing things. Absolutely. All right. Well, listen, I just want to thank you, Tom Greco, Vice President of ThomasNet, and Travis Sherbein, Vice President of Marketing and Product Management, for taking the time to share uh, this advanced peak, which, again, when it's broadcast, won't be advanced, but nonetheless, it's advanced now, in terms of some of the interesting and exciting things you're working on. I'll say it again, Tom, the last time we talked, I think it's just a matter of time 
before somebody tries to buy you guys. And that's just my own take on this because you have a platform dealing with suppliers uh, that is the heartbeat of any, any, any platform, any technology, and uh, obviously the, the relationship framework that is necessary to really give you head and shoulders advantage uh, over, again, just the technology-only approach. So I, I don't know if you'll agree with me or whatnot in that regard, but I, 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 one of these days I'm not surprised. I don't know. Would it surprise you? Uh, at this point, nothing surprises me. <laughs> I'm so, you see, now that's a great answer. answer. <laughs> <laughs> Gentlemen, thank you for joining us. Well, right, thank, thank you, you, John. It's been a pleasure. Take care. And for you, the listening audience, thank you for sharing what is your most valuable asset, which is your time. Uh, again, I want to remind you that we'll be broadcasting this uh, interview on May 18th at 10:30 in the morning, roughly around the same time that uh, Ed Edwards from ThomasNet.com will be presenting at ISM 2016. Anyway, until we come at you over these same virtual airways again, as always, I'm your host John Hanson. Have a great week. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.